Welcome to the Off the Road Again podcast. This is the podcast about anything and everything off-road. My name is Chris. My name is Ross. And I said the thing that I normally say after we introduce ourselves, before we introduce ourselves tonight. So this is our podcast about anything and everything off-road. There, now I said it. My OCD can go calm down. <laughs> redundancy for the sake of redundancy. <laughs> yeah, Department of Redundancy Department. <laughs> <laughs> tonight we'll begin with our usual the news and this it's still ev news for whatever reason i don't know why evs tend to be leading the charge but as soon as like literally as soon as we stopped recording last week lincoln and rivian leaked that rivian is going to build lincoln's electric vehicle which is great it is it, it is but like they've they've got an R, r1t they got an r1s they're working with ford they're going to build Lincolns. We haven't even talked about Amazon vans yet. <laughs> That's a lot of stuff. That is a lot of stuff, especially for a company that came out of effectively nowhere as recently as, uh, what was it, just a year ago that Rivian's name became somewhat even something that people knew. Yeah, it was like a year, year and a half ago. Like it wasn't. Yeah, it was auto show, year, auto show season last year. Yeah. Man, that was fast was very fast so i think it's good news i mean lincoln is a prime prime slot for an electric vehicle and especially with their niche of you know crossovers and suvs uh super luxury quiet silent crossover suv is perfect for them yeah you already you said the word that's already in their market marketing materials the, the mm. quiet flight dna ah yes I, I didn't say it as eloquently, but I, yes, quiet and silent. We'll go with those. Well, neither of us possesses the English accent that really would do it the justice, <laughs> but. <laughs> Fair enough. Sounds fancier immediately. Yeah. So if you haven't heard about Quiet Flight, when they uh, launched the, I think the, when they brought out the Aviator and the Corsair, they started talking about this Quiet Flight DNA. And it's, it's basically about styling and the interior. It's not actual like functional systems but like they just want it to all feel like you're gliding along just right. peaceful tranquil an ambiance yeah they tie in like ballet dancing and the quote from their head of design is the best he said they oh, don't it's not good <laughs> they don't want to be about attack they want to be about seduction take that at face value or deconstruct it at will I don't know if we should touch that. <laughs> see, and I think this is another time where we're starting to see our age gap between us. Cause like, I get it. Like, mm -hmm. I don't, I don't want to attack anything. I just want to get into something and have it be chill and have <laughs> it be calm and get me there. Hey, if I was climbing into a Lincoln, that's all I would want from it. Right. It's definitely on brand for them to be chill. Absolutely. And the most recent slew of cars they've brought out, I mean, given. Take this with a grain of salt. I have not driven them, but the interiors at least are amazing. The seats are amazing. The layout is amazing. They've done way more with the Ford platforms that they've uh, they've started with over the last few years than I think they ever have. Yeah, I think the 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 last Lincoln I drove was it was a Navigator and it was based off uh, last generation's Expedition, mm -hmm. and it was. Like the interior, I mean, looked like I was in an expedition, but except a really, really nice one. And then right. the logo came up on the multimedia. But then 
the it had a mag- magnetic ride in it, mm-hmm. which, like, as a suspension, is just fantastic. Oh, yeah. It's the best. Because I would drive it to work, and I was comparing it to, like, I think at the time I had a 2003 Yukon XL, and I was driving it the exact same. You know, you, you know your commute. You know where the bumps are. And I went through a spot where there were supposed to be bumps, and there were no bumps. It was it was amazing. Like they just were gone. And an 03 Yukon XL is not exactly a rough riding vehicle. No, it was super cushy too. Like yeah. So as a comparison, like one to one basis, to say that about a prior gen Lincoln, I mean, you can only imagine what they'll do with Magride and uh, you know a low center of gravity platform with an electric skateboard types you know thing for them to build around. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna use Rivian's electric skateboard platform, but I, it'll be interesting. I'm assuming, it'll be the four wheel variant or the four engine variant. Four wheel, yeah, 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 four motor drive. Four motor, yes. I said engine, didn't I? God, damn. <laughs> I'm just as bad as the rest of the internet. Oh no, uh, that's not, <laughs> no. Ah. <laughs> the internet's way worse a place than me. Sorry. <laughs> so. They're announcing this partnership with Rivian to make the full out-and-out EV. At the same time, they also slipped in Aviator and Corsair Grand Touring plug-in hybrid variants. Which, cool. Yeah, great. They're they're definitely headed towards, like, I, th- I think they're just trying to go boutique luxury with Lincoln. They're like, we'll sell enough Fords. We'll just keep the name around to go crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did see a guy, like, oh, and this, this speaks to kind of, like, Lincoln a little bit of somebody on Twitter was like, oh no, it's the Matrix. And it was like two Lincolns pulling away from a stoplight and they were both black. Mm-hmm. And I and one of them, the closer car to the in the photo, was a Continental. And I was like, I, I was like, hey, somebody bought a Continental. That's is that what you're pointing out? And he's like, no, no, there's two of them. And this hundred percent speaks to what Lincoln's issue is, because the car in front mm-hmm. of it was not a Lincoln, it was an MKZ or whatever. It was just the fusion based yeah. Sid- yeah, I think they just killed that off this week too. Yeah, they did. Uh, but like, you can't tell the MKZ from the Continental. Like, yeah, it's not good. Not good. I mean, they 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 did bring out that actual suicide door Continental, the you know, the one off coach builder type car. But I think I can't remember the price tag. But for they sold anything, every one of them. They sold every one of them. But even so, ninety nine point nine percent of the Continentals that I've seen have either either been Ubers. Or parked at an airport, which probably means Ubers, <laughs> you know, or a local taxi company. Ubers waiting to be Ubers. Exactly. So in terms of a market move, I think it's the right thing because what we think of as iconic Lincolns, like the old Continental, making a distinct crossover now is, in fact, it's the equivalent of that 50 years, 60 years ago. As long as that distinction is not a Nissan Murano cross cabriolet, I support <laughs> it. Uh, fair enough. Hey, Murano cross cabs uh, spec racing would still be fun. Let's give them that. You'd have to roll cage everything. Like, yeah, that's fine. It would look awesome with the cage and the roof down. So, like last week, somebody put up one on on Twitter. There, they like saw one, and then that day, I saw one and took a picture of it. And then the next day saw the exact same car. That's the Matrix. <laughs> yeah, I was like, am I, I thought it was an episode of Groundhog Day, which we'll get to later. But I yes. literally yes. thought, I was like, it's 
is it Monday again? Do, do we mm. not go to Tuesday? <laughs> <laughs> I'm stuck in a cycle. Right. So, yeah, so that's that's the Lincoln news. But Ford obviously has bigger news as you wanted to delve into. Well, I, I kind of before we get all the way down to Ford, I want to kind of stick with Rivian for a second and talk about a uh, roadshow. I guess got like a sneak okay, peek yep. uh, of the Amazon vans that they talked about earlier this year. They they wanted to eventually get a hundred thousand of these fully electric vans mm-hmm. uh, out in the world. And I guess from what I saw in the pictures, like they got into the design studio at Rivian, and like they you could see some clay models, and you could see them kind of like ramping up in size, and it was. Mm-hmm. They, they look goofy, like they look like they belong in the future <laughs> because they've got these kind of like tiny headlights, this huge greenhouse on the front, and then it's just a van mm. down the side with none of the uh, box truck style side doors. Mm. It looks completely different from what it's going to be. But the only thing I could think about as, so they're trying to get like Rivian is getting uh, the R1T and the R1S to market in 2020. Right. And in that same time, they're going to deliver 10,000 vans to Amazon. This is something that's only possible with Ford's backing, just in terms and, of production capacity. Right. That is a strange looking vehicle. <laughs> wow. Yeah, this is the first time seeing it. And I, uh, <sighs> whew, it looks kind of like that new honda city e or you know the electric honda just uh honda e honda e but they overinflated it and didn't stop it's just it's still going yeah it looks like somebody just like punched the honda e really hard in like a superhero (laughs) way and the whole truck just like ballooned out behind it (laughs) yeah yeah it that's it looks like it got stung by a very large bee so i'm it 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 makes me think about like EVs. There's still such a small segment of the sales landscape. I think it's like 2% last year and it's about at that again this year. Mm -hmm. These, these vans will, yeah, they'll cut down on pollution in and around town. Everybody's got Amazon packages being delivered for sure. And I, I'm not going to lie. I hope Rivian is like, Hey, Amazon, thanks for helping us build and develop these vans. Now we're going to spin off an electric van line. <laughs> yeah. There's there's our, our like around town commuter family bus. And uh, yeah, it has four electric motors at all wheels mm-hmm. that I can go out in the woods with too. Yep. I mean, it would be pretty great. And it would be a great weekend, you know, local hiking spot transport vehicle in the same way that they would make amazing small city runabout vans for, you know, anybody that's delivering something or doing small contracting work so the potential here is i think they're they position themselves pretty pretty well from the start especially with the amazon contract and the ford contract so i just ten ten thousand vehicles i think ford would just be like come on that's nothing but for a brand new company with the knowledge behind and so much i think a lot of that partnership is a technology partnership going back and forth mm-hmm. which kind of leads us into our our next we i saw this image uh it was online and it was basically ford's winning portfolio and of so it, they say so they say <laughs> well they they've also included aviator and corsair on in this winning portfolio they've got 
Ranger, the territory, which sad to say we don't get. It's South America and China mm. only. Too bad. Uh, it looks kind of cool. It does. It looks like if I... Ford made a Range Rover Evoque. Which isn't too far from what the original Evoque was. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty close, right? <laughs> yeah, I think there were, I think it might have been an Eco, you know, an Ecotech motor and Ford running gear in there. I could be wrong, but there was still some Ford influence when that thing finally hit the road. But do you do you think Ford had the influence to make it a two door convertible as well? I don't have. I, I know the backstory behind the Murano convertible with uh, whoever it was, the higher up at Nissan that wanted his his wife wanted that specific vehicle, so they built it. I, I the backstory behind the Evoke convertible, or uh, there was a, a different more fancy name for it i think it's isn't it just the coupe convertible coupe convertible i think that's what it is coupe coupe yeah oh it's the coupe but i i don't know i kind of don't hate it the evoke convertible i it's one of those guilty pleasure things where first of all it's called range rover evoke convertible that is way less interesting of a name than i expected but they didn't I, Britishify it. No, not at all. The uh, nothing I can say won't be mar- marginally offensive here. But <laughs> it's, they're not bad off road. No, they they do surprisingly well, especially considering the class that it's in. I just I like the size and that the roof goes down and that in that class there's nothing else like that thing. Yeah, it's definitely unique. Not that unique is good. It didn't really bode well for the Freelander. But I kind of like the Evoke convertible. I think the Freelander was just ahead of its time, though. Like, if they... 100%. I think that's why the Evoke exists now. Like, if the Freelander had been five to ten years later, like, I feel like it would have crushed. If they had built the Freelander based on the Evoke, instead of it just coming out as the Evoke convertible, it would probably do pretty well. Yeah. Even though the Evoke convertible, I, I don't think, sold well at all. No, I think that they've got a four-door version that's done. I mean, we, I, the neighborhood I live near is very similar to uh, Western Connecticut where you are, and mm-hmm. uh, there are a number of ladies driving Evokes around. <laughs> <laughs> it, I see less G-Wagons and more Evokes. Yeah, I couldn't tell you the last time I saw a G-Wagon. <laughs> oh, the, probably the last time I was in Greenwich. Yep, definitely. Yeah, that's not exactly. Even a question. That, yep. That's the neighborhood I'm thinking of uh, comparing the two. Okay. I've been to both. That makes, yeah. Yeah. So speaking of off-roaders, Ford at least has obliged us with the inclusion of our never-ending commentary and speculation of, uh, of Bronco. But only, so based on their, their diagram here, we're getting Bronco mm-hmm. in North America and then Middle East and Africa is also getting Bronco. Mm-hmm. And then there's another one down in the little corner that says small, rugged, off-road utility. Baby Bronco. Which I'm assuming, yeah, that's what we've all dubbed a baby Bronco. Yep. Is that just mini horse? Yeah, think, it's, a, uh, it's the Ford mini horse. Or do they ask Mitsubishi if they can borrow the Colt name? <laughs> That'd be pretty, I mean, there's certainly worse names. The Ford Colt? Ford Colt, that sound doesn't have, that's, marketing wouldn't do well with that. 
No, especially because a lot of the country wouldn't be able to pronounce it correctly, and it would just sound like Ford Colt. 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 Ford Colt. Like, yeah, Tesla's a Colt, not Ford. Like track cock. <laughs> yeah, track track hawk's track awkward too. Hawk. Yeah, track. So, also in our diagram here is the next generation of Ford F one fifty that is shrouded with a. Uh, a figurative cloth in the image they're they're not telling us what the next generation is going to look like but it does get the green leaf of Mm -hmm. hybrid or electric offering next to it yep which we've speculated on with the yeah (laughs) there's a reason they ended up with a billion dollars of investment capital (laughs) seriously and i'm way low on that number probably and ford's probably developing the new f-150 with Rivian and the electric powertrain right from the start. It'll probably come out of the gate with it. Yeah, I don't I, I don't know that I've seen anything about uh, any rumors about what the powertrain will be. I know that we had seen some variation of electric F-150 before Rivian had come to market mm-hmm. um, or come to the, like the, the conscience of the market. Mm-hmm. So I know that they were working on something ahead of time. What I don't know is if they are going to continue with that first generation of electric F-150 and then through the partnership roll out a second mm-hmm. generation of F-150 because the Rivian skateboard platform is not as big as we would think it is. It's similar in size. Right. I think it's like a larger Ranger. Um, right. It's kind of between the two. So I don't think, because that skateboard platform, I don't think oh, is, I mean, it's not scalable from what I've read. Yeah. That said, two things to keep in mind. Um, first of all, Hummer. Hummer is back. I wouldn't be surprised if Ford wants to jump on the, uh, the, the Hummer attack right from the start and just come out with something that nobody was expecting. And also, just in terms of Ford's development, don't forget that we knew nothing about the GT you know, the most recent twin-turbo Lamar winning, or not Lamar, but um, was, did they win Lamar or did they win Daytona? Yeah. No, Lamar? no, they won Lamar. They lost early at Daytona, and they basically ramped right. up. They, like, everyone thought they sandbagged early, so then yeah, they yeah, full, yeah, yeah. full performance at Lamar, and they just crushed. Yep. So, But we didn't know anything about that car. We didn't even know it existed until immediately before. So if they're planning something or hiding something i wouldn't be surprised i wouldn't be surprised if now that the news about hummer is out there also going guys we gotta you know we gotta do something here we can't let gm have the only major pickup uh, unless if they just let the r1t kind of go its own way and and be theirs yeah they, they might let it fill that space of because cybertruck's never i mean it's going to be years before we see cybertruck yeah because no. there's still we're still waiting on semi, the second version of the Roadster, and Model Y. y. Model Y. So before we get to the Cybertruck, uh, Rivian's definitely going to be to the market before them. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming the electric F-150 will be to the market before Cybertruck. Um, Hummer will be to the market before Cybertruck. <laughs> At this rate, probably, yeah. Uh, it's They might just take their time, and, and they. it's definitely something that if you're going to do it, you need to do it right. It's such a different mentality 
mm-hmm. towards how you approach driving, which, yeah, electric trucks are going to be interesting. Sure. But at least Ford understands the, the benefit of an electric motor is huge torque for towing. Mm-hmm. Ford understands heavy-duty truck suspension. We're not going to see weird, saggy things like the Cybertruck when it was trying to <laughs> do whatever it was doing. Yep. Um, yeah, it's, it is what it is. Hopefully, it'll be great. Hopefully, everything's great. I'm rooting for yeah. everybody. Same. <laughs> Same here. I, I that said, I'm I'm looking at their quote unquote winning portfolio, and I still wish we got the po- <clears throat> excuse me the Puma, you know. And they're still ex- even though they've killed the Fiesta for us, they're still excluding us from smaller and foreign offerings that could be kind of great for our market. Yeah. It. I think it's a numbers game. Like they just for sure. I feel like they sell almost every escape they build, and I'm sure they're not getting any client feedback. That's like, you know what? It'd be better if it was a little smaller. (laughs) Well, you know the mini story, right? Exactly. Everybody bought the first generation mini, and then mini asked all the buyers what they wanted, and they said we want it to be a little bigger. And now the mini is like the size of you know. An escape. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the countrymen and the uh, clubmen are. They might as well be escape competitors. So, I think the countryman still only has four seats. It's not a five-seater. I could have sworn I read it, or maybe it was the clubman, but one of the two was being changed so that you could get a fifth-seat option. So it had to be the countryman that that they did that. Okay, yeah. Because I test drove one years ago and had a blast with it. But it was like a two plus two. Like it was, mm-hmm. there was no middle rear seat. Oh yeah, it's it's like a uh, the Aston Martin. What's the name of the sedan? Um, oh, the Rapide. Rapide. Yeah. It's like here's your extra seats. You don't need them, do you? <laughs> <laughs> they're unusable. Yep. But they're here for tax purposes. Right. the uh, The back seats in a Mini are probably more usable than the back seats in a Rapide surprisingly spacious yeah minis are always surprisingly spacious that's what i i still i want to get into a classic one eventually i like a monaco styled mini rally Mm -hmm. or i'm sorry i said monaco i meant monte carlo style mini rally car yep would it be awesome that would be a lot of fun not sure i'd want to spend too much time out on the highway with it but like around town it would probably be a, a total riot my daily commute it would be like top speed i see is 50 okay like it would it would be a blast and then most of the streets are straight the only curvy street the speed limit is like 30 which would kind of suck but i could definitely we uh another hooniverse writer andrew andrew fails and i have been he rally crosses Mm -hmm. his late model mini right which is not has not gone well for the mini he's he's done some repairs as you expect (laughs) But he and I constantly are kicking back and forth the idea of a classic mini. But hey, you know I'm all for Hooniverse project vehicle. Split the cost, rotate it through the country. It's um, tale of the traveling mini or whatever that traveling pants thing was. Yeah, the sisterhood of the traveling pants. Yeah, brotherhood of the traveling mini. There we go. I've got a daughter. I'm allowed to know these things. Thank you. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I should just know it from a societal, cultural reference, but clearly that has not stuck. It, it was Blake Lively before she was Blake Lively, so. Oh, yeah. That's true. <laughs> That's true. She's local to me. She and, um, and Ryan Reynolds are local. They, I think they live like two towns over, and I'm still thinking I'll see him out. He's a big motorcycle guy, and I don't doubt I'll cross paths with him at some point. Or at least I hope I do. <laughs> they don't have like a giant estate, right? Don't they just live in like a regular house? That I do not know. I just know that they live reasonably close by. I thought I, I think I, I mean, it could have been pure clickbait, but I could have swore I saw an article <laughs> like last week. They were like, all the celebrities that just live regular. And I was like, you mean just regular people who live? Yes. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just people. So people. Yeah. But here's what these right. people do. So. What do you think of the potential overlap for Bronco and baby Bronco here? Do you think they're going to cannibalize each other? I would have said yes if I didn't know about Jeep Wrangler and Jeep Renegade. Fair enough. How capable a Renegade can actually be, even though... It's based off an Italian, a small Italian car with, mm-hmm. I think it has, I think it has the Fiat like multi-air turbo engine in it too. Yep. The one four, I think they got rid of the one, I don't know. There's a one four, there was a one six, there was a one eight. Yeah. Italian engine and, mumble jumble. Yeah. I've driven the multi-air in a Dodge Dart and in mm-hmm. a Fiat 500 Abarth um, as a little peppy engine. Like it, they were fine. Uh, right. Putting it into the Renegade, they kept the Renegade small. So mm-hmm. I think there are some people that like the idea of what the Wrangler would look like and feel like, mm-hmm. but they still like just a regular car and and don't need the size. Yeah, that too. I mean, they don't need the size. A lot of people don't need the capability. Most people don't need the capability. Uh, like ninety percent of them don't. Right, and you can get a fairly capable Renegade Trailhawk for call it thirty, and yes, a comparably priced Wrangler is still far more capable. But you can't get here. We go. You can't get red tow hooks on a Wrangler until you're paying about <laughs> forty. So that's what it comes down to. Red tow hooks again. Oh God. Hashtag red Oh, gross. Uh, so, yeah, no, I, I, I completely see your point. It's totally valid. I'm kind of interested to see if the baby Bronco is rear-wheel drive-based or if it's – because the Renegade is – it's a front-drive biased platform. So right. I'm very curious to see, you know, is baby Bronco like they took the Escape or they took the Ranger? Which one of those is it going to be? more I think based around Bronco itself is we know is based off Ranger so I'm assuming baby Bronco is going to be true escape I'm assuming base trim levels will be front wheel drive and the extreme baby Bronco ones they'll probably get the same all wheel drive system that the escape has the, the mm-hmm. intelligent four wheel or whatever I I think it'll be great I mean throw an eco boost in it like yeah turbo everything Turbo, turbo all the things. <laughs> you got a Miata. It takes a turbo great. 
Oh God, yeah, no. You know what doesn't take a turbo great? My bank account. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Every, we'll always come back to the same common denominator. Seriously, time, money, and space. And that's, the Miata is getting pretty much none of those. So. No time, no money, or space. <laughs> no, no. But looking at the next note for our show here, you know what takes up a lot of time and a lot of money and a lot of space? Developing the Ram 1500 TRX. Yeah, it's been a while now, hasn't it? I think we first heard about this in like 2016, 2017. They were rumoring the Hellcat-powered Raptor fighter. Yeah, well, and then we got a glimpse of the the Rebel being almost there, but they never went full suspension. They just kind of went bigger engine. And mm-hmm. so now, now we... Spy shots recorded recently show us the previous mules only had like regular ram body panels this one looks like it's actually getting to the point of having the full trx package attached to it Mm -hmm. which is great bring it on everybody's biggest compay i mean you read the same reviews i do you watch most of the same videos everybody's biggest complaint about the new current well not new not new anymore but the current raptor is it lost the V8 sound. You know, the twin-turbo EcoBoost motor is amazing, but it doesn't sound like what the Raptor's visual impact alludes to. So if you have Dodge or Ram, rather, over here saying, you know what, we're going to do the same thing that Ford did with the Raptor, but it's going to have a Hellcat engine, and it's going to sound like a Hellcat. There, that's it. Game, set, it's match. Definitely, yeah, it's definitely going to sound good. So... Uh, the the initial number we're seeing we're not seeing like the the all the way up to 707 Hellcat we're seeing a 575 horsepower there's not really a, a torque number that's been released they're saying like off road performance actually which means like they've definitely done suspension work this time because you don't yeah. you don't really advertise that unless you've actually put in the homework so uh, yeah. it looks like new fenders uh, for the front you got a bigger hood because you got to hide that supercharged V8. Uh, the front bumper is very like the Raptor in that, like, the very ends of it are, like, tilted up to kind of increase mm-hmm. ground clearance. Um, it, zr it Yeah, it, it definitely had uh, big old Goodyear Wranglers on it. Like, we could definitely yep. tell what they were this Dura, time. Yeah, they're Duratracks. Yeah, and then uh, previous spy shots had revealed uh, remote reservoir shocks. Ooh. Ooh. Jeff I remember in... Yeah, in like 2004, 2003, looking in like four-wheel drive, you know, an off-road magazine and going, ooh, you know, this says remote reservoir. Like, ooh, it's fancy. Now it's, okay, awesome. It holds more fluid. <laughs> my my favorite remote reservoir shock is uh, the Hoonigans Baja bug that they took to actual down to Baja. And mm-hmm. like got hooked up with King shocks and King was like, here, take these. And they didn't yep. really figure it out ahead of time. So they had to try to figure out where to put the extra <laughs> support. The body, so they were just yeah. like zip, they were like zip tied random places. It was fantastic. Yep. Hey, whatever works, especially in Baja. Yeah. The best car is the car you don't care about. Right. <laughs> so I, yeah, I mean, I would expect to see this revealed if not tail end of the spring's auto show season, then, you know, late this year or early next year. Uh, they can't drag this out any longer because the 
it was originally shown on the prior generation RAM, and now we have an all-new RAM. Did you hear that? <laughs> I did. <laughs> I have a daughter knocking on a door. <laughs> <laughs> this interruption is brought to you by... <laughs> My kids. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think they'll, they'll uh, take too much longer on it, especially with everybody seems to be coming to market with an EV. Here's the counterpoint with the supercharged V8. Mm -hmm. the, oh, you don't want that EV? Just come by our crazy Ram. It'll be great. Right. Right. Burn all of the gas or... Shred all of the tires. Shred all of the tires, yeah. I, this thing, it's shaping up to be fun. I'd expect a price tag around 70 75 Get you in the door. I, I think the way luxury trucks sit around, like, that's that's almost reasonable. Like, weren't sure. Hellcats and Demons were, like, what, 67 and 70 So, like something this big with not quite the same power number, but a, what's considered a reliable high output engine now. Like mm -hmm. I don't hear anybody complaining about their broken Hellcats. It's pretty true, actually. They've been pretty, st I, I was shocked. I thought it was gonna be axles and axles and axles, you know, and CVs going like crazy, but it's actually, the Hellcats have proven to be surprisingly strong. They're, they're all like the, uh, not the GT40s, but that first gen of Ford GT when they brought them out, they just, they mm. made sure they overbuilt it. And you yeah. can just throw all the power you want to it and you can't blow it up. Right, which is good. That's, I mean, that's them actually using their R&D money to build something, you know, that the consumer doesn't have a problem with. 100%, which is why this truck has probably taken so long to come to market is they really wanted to make right. sure it didn't. <laughs> right, and... I don't know. I was just thinking about the dollar figure. You know, if if 15 or 10 years ago you had wanted to build something that capable. Let's let's call it just for the hell of it that it comes out and it's 75 grand. If you wanted that level of interior and the package on the vehicle, you would probably still have to buy, you know, a 40-45,000 vehicle and put 10 to 15 worth of suspension and body and wheels and tires into it, and yep. then you don't Un have untested. the warranty. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, no warranty, no R&D behind it, just what you and your mechanic think will work. Think, yes. And tr then it's trial by fire, you know? <laughs> right. All bets are off. But that that's a rich guy game, so. Yeah, yeah. Well, luckily for us now, it's a, it's a FCA funneling money into Ram game. Ram's doing well, Ed, since they've kind of they set are. that out as its own brand. It's done really well. They've made some amazing vehicles. I mean, even just a basic Ram 1500 is a great vehicle, but, you know, the nicer end 1500s and 2500s and even up to the 3500s, they're amazing. The interior is amazing. The engines are pretty flawless. You know, it's Hemi's and then Cummins. It, it can't go wrong. Um, I, drew, I drove one. I loved. I spent a week in one and loved it. And then we spent a week mm -hmm. in a twenty five hundred that also had a propane tank in it. Like it would run on propane. Oh boy, yeah. And I I filled up the propane tank for like six bucks mm -hmm. and got like eighty miles out of that. And then it switched over cool. to the five seven, the Hemi, and nice. I got another two hundred miles, three hundred miles out of that. So like all of a sudden I was like, mm -hmm. wow, we have five hundred miles range with mm -hmm. only adding like seven dollars to the regular yes. fuel. Bus. Yeah, that's not bad at all. 
I mean, my brother has a Rebel 1500, and I don't think the gas mileage is quite so good. But <laughs> in terms of it being just a you know a, a moderately capable pickup truck for both hauling and even just deep snow, you know, getting to work, it's it's a pretty great truck. Yeah. And if you get the Longhorn Edition, it just smells like cow. <laughs> Uh, my truck smells like hamburgers. <laughs> it does. It really does. That's pretty cool. Well, my brother's truck smells like dog, so. <laughs> That's your brother's fault, though. Uh, it's yeah, it's my brother's fault for getting the dog. The the rock. She's yeah. She likes to uh, lick everything and you know, <laughs> hair everywhere. That's... But she's great, and the truck's great. So. So. We've already kind of talked about our next great truck here. Yep. We've, we've, we definitely have talked about previous shows, but we finally have some insane preemptive statistics on what the Hummer EV is going to be able to achieve. Mm -hmm. Yeah, not quite earth shattering, but definitely everybody that I've told these numbers in person has done like a double take or like the really long exaggerated blank like... That, that, you said that, right? You actually said those numbers? Yeah, they're nuts. But they are. 1,000 horsepower, which in of itself, that's absurd. You know, to get 1,000 horsepower out of a normal truck, a normal V8 truck, you have to do endless engine work. And then to get that kind of power out of a diesel, you know, it's... Who even knows? But the torque yeah. is really... The number that that it makes you think, okay, this thing's a rocket ship, and not not in the uh, sense of how people think fast rocket, which it probably will be, but the sense of how much thrust that it has. Yeah, measuring something at eleven thousand five hundred is just. We you're right. We talk about rockets thrusting at forty thousand or fifty thousand pounds of of mm -hmm. thrust, but like. It's a truck that anybody can buy, theoretically. Theoretically, anybody with the money to afford it because it won't be cheap. Yeah, or at least the credit to start the bank. It just... <laughs> it's... Yeah, and the, the Super Bowl ad, like, I know we'll get to the rest of those in a little bit, but, like, it was... It was weird. Like, it didn't make yeah. a lot of sense. The one thing I did get out of it and... Um, I think Daniel's at Roadshow too. Daniel Golson on Twitter pointed out that the headlights in the Super Bowl ad, when you look at the very ends, mm. both of them are the letter H. Yep. Did notice that. I, I completely whiffed on that until he said it. <laughs> also, speaking of Super Bowl, congratulations. Yeah, <laughs> thank you very much. Uh, yeah, that's why my voice is definitely a little hoarse. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good game. I, I enjoyed watching it. It was a hell of a lot better than last year's game. No, no doubt about that. Uh, any game that doesn't have the Patriots in it is going to be more entertaining to watch. Oh, you're talking to somebody in New England. Hell yeah. yeah. In about three to five years, when my team has been there repeatedly, <laughs> we will we will become the Patriots. And everyone's going to be like, oh, it's Kansas City again. Yeah, but you <laughs> don't have Belichick and you don't have Brady. I don't think it'll ever touch that. Yeah, I don't I don't think Andy Reid and Mahomes are ever going to get caught for Spygate or Deflategate or 
uh, whatever happened with the Bengals gate earlier this year. <laughs> yeah, no, probably. Prob- I mean, uh, you, you can say probably not, hopefully not, but uh, their general disposition still is nothing like that of Brady and uh, and Belichick, like the holier than thou kind of. Right. You know, Andy Reid and and Mahomes are they seem pretty down to earth, and that's not what I would say about the Patriots and. I say that sitting in Connecticut and people, there's people in my yeah. neighborhood who, if they heard me say that, would come at me with pitchforks. But, Well, the, my favorite picture I saw from the weekend was, uh, I think it was a Super Bowl party cake in somewhere in New England. Uh, and it said, uh, instead of like Chiefs and Niners, it was like, whoever versus the other guys, go Pats. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, perpetually bitter. <laughs> Boston fans. So speaking of perpetually bitter, though, uh, the Hummer also reminded me of the Mercury Sable Boy. from the late 80s <laughs> Yeah, with that light up grill all the way across. They're like, look at our light up grill. Like, no, man, Mercury did that forever ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, light up grill. <sighs> Even it's when bad. I see the Mercedes emblem, you know, the TriStar logo, the light yeah. up one, it's like cringe a little bit. Yeah. Everyone we drive oh, by, God. I point out to my wife. I'm like, look at that. They paid extra. They, they paid extra. We know it's a Mercedes. We don't need you to tell us that with a freaking light. And, yeah, you're not completely wrong about the Sable comparison. Like, it's pretty accurate. Yeah, you're not totally wrong. Um, wow, I don't think I've looked at a picture of this generation Sable in <laughs> 10 or 15 years. I don't think I've... I genuinely don't know the last time I saw one of these on the road. Uh, I had a buddy who had a, uh, a Tempo in high school. Nice. And that, and that was kind of for like Mercury sedans. And it was like an old Tempo too. Like it was like rounded square, like late mm. 80s, early 90s. Um, probably probably more late 80s. Uh, but it got us where we needed to go. That's what all a car needs to do in high school. Yeah. Uh. So really, the the Hummer numbers are ridiculous, and will we do have a date on when we are going to see it though? So May fifth, twenty twenty. There's no range estimate on it, but I mean, if it was, if they came out and said the range was two hundred miles, mm-hmm. I'd be okay with it. Like, yeah, for those numbers, sure. Yeah, like it's going to be a party trick either way. Speaking of parties, it does come out on Cinco de Mayo. Yes, it does. <laughs> Which is white people's favorite way to pretend they're not white, I guess. Sorry. Yeah, because yeah. St. Patrick's Day is the other day where they're going to get just as intoxicated, but they can't pretend not to be white that day. Super white that day. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's pretty much the whitest. <laughs> Com- coming from the Irish kid here, yeah, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fair enough. So, yeah, yeah happy Cinco de Mayo. Here's a 11,000-pound here's a feet of torque. Hopefully, GM's marketing will not focus on the day and just talk about the truck. <laughs> oh, that would be so terrible. It would be cringeworthy. But you know what? We talk about this all the time when you come back to marketing. There's no bad publicity. Like, all of it's good. Like, I guess. I guess. And very interesting, just to not really tangent, but touch on the public perception of Hummer real quick. I was sitting during the Super Bowl with some friends who are very environmentally minded and um, one of them after seeing the ad made the comment like oh that's actually that's pretty cool 
I used to hate Hummer, but if they came back and they were, you know, green and efficient and electric, I could kind of get behind that. Huh. Which, I mean, if, you know, super, super small cross-section of, uh, you know, right. of, our, of the group being studied here, but that's what they're going for, then that's one more person than they had as a, you know, as somebody on board with them when they were known for nothing more than making over bloated, you know, quote unquote, gas guzzling trucks. Yeah, they definitely guzzled the gas. They did. Oh, yeah. So I, we, we kind of went to the Super Bowl already. I didn't pay attention to a lot of the commercials. Full, full disclosure, I was very game focused. Like when a when a commercial commercial will come on, I kind of just kind of tune out. Actually, I did. It was the weirdest day I've ever experienced for a Super Bowl Sunday because I didn't know what to do. Like normally, we just don't really pay attention to the game, watch some commercials, and mm. we're done. Like no, I cared about this one. So yeah, watch um, every snap. Yeah, I had to uh, go back and actually rewatch uh, any of the automotive commercials. I had the mm-hmm. that Porsche one and Audi one had been out like the week before. Right. Um, but the Jeep Gladiator one, I had not seen anything on until it yep. happened. Yep. Was a good ad. They did a good job. Yeah, the the line that stuck out to me was uh, as he's like redoing Groundhog Day again, and he yeah. catches a glimpse of the Gladiator and just that's different. Like, yep. Yeah. Obviously. But you, twenty years in the future, bud. It's way different. <laughs> yeah, it was a good. It was a fun ad. The. Um, when he was doing whack-a-mole and he said nothing personal. This is Bill Murray <laughs> we're talking about just to <laughs> circle back here, but he's please playing oh. whack-a-mole with the groundhog watching him and he goes, nothing personal. That was the funniest part for me. But yeah. it did a good job of showcasing the gladiator and probably capturing a bit of an audience that it, you know, people who would otherwise have not even, like, if they saw a Jeep ad, they might not even pay attention. Um yeah, I, I like that they went and even looked like they got the exact same red 72 Chevy that the town uh, mayor was about to put the groundhog in. It looks like mm-hmm. it's the same long bed 72, even down to the white steel wheels exactly almost. Right. Like there's actual like continuity almost. <laughs> yeah. A lot of the actors are a lot older now too. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, but in terms of showcasing the Gladiator... The Rubicon looks good. It grows yeah. on me every time I see it. Well, and like drifting it in the snow with all the doors and the roof off. That's pretty freaking yeah. rad. <laughs> it's it pretty looks, awesome. And the one guy's like, you're going to catch gold. And he's like, nah, we'll see you tomorrow. Who yeah. cares? It's Groundhog yeah. Day. <laughs> exactly. See you tomorrow. Still a movie I will watch if it's on. I'll, I'll just sit down and finish that one. Yep. Yep. I got it. You got to wonder how much Bill Murray got in his pocket from that. Oh, enough. Enough. He probably might have just been like, you know what, this will be fun. Let's just do it. Maybe, maybe I rewatched Zombieland recently, and he was—he had a brief appearance in Zombieland. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is probably going to be fun. Yeah. So uh, the other ad that I watched like ahead of time was Audi had their EV ad for the the e-tron of trying. They were trying to tie in so many different things. They had the girlfriend Game of Thrones. They had the Frozen song. Yep. An electric vehicle, and all I could focus on, like, there's a scene where she's in a traffic jam, and if you pause it, there's a ton of rad stuff there. There's a mm-hmm. couple of square bodies. 
Uh, an older, looks like a 70s Dodge Tradesman van, a G-body van from uh, Chevy. Mm -hmm. And then the first generation Chrysler minivan hanging out in a gas station. Wait, is it a turbo manual transmission one? Because that would uh, be that... the rest. <laughs> I could not tell that from the outside, but it <laughs> yeah. had wood paneling. Okay. The K-Series van, basically. Yeah, it was enough for me. It had wood paneling, so... Uh, yeah, Super Bowl ads. The rest of them, uh, I think Maki had one. Uh, that there was, was not... the. Sorry, go ahead. No, you're good. Uh, Mustang had one for the Maki, uh, a Porsche one that was previously. Uh, we kind of talked about it. Yeah, uh, it was a good the, ad. The, the Taken being the bad guy and the running away from the rest of the museum security guys. I want to work at a museum where we can just grab the keys to whatever classic Porsche we want and yeah, right? tear, tear around Germany. You guys, you want to go on lunch? We're taking the 917. <laughs> yeah. I, I would even show up and be the guy, the new guy who has to drive the tractor till he gets to drive something cooler. Like, Yeah, that was a funny little clip in the in the ad itself where he's like struggling to get up the cobblestone road. Well, that was... He's like breaks from the... Yeah. I don't remember which Lufka cold it was, but like they did... Oh, they raced. Where, like, Patrick Long and Jeff Swart and somebody else raced Porsche yep. tractors. Yeah, yeah. That was, I think that was at Laguna or something. And yeah, they and they were, the, all uh... their, they were all their own personal tractors. Like, they didn't have to, like, get a rich guy right. to donate them to the collection. Like, they own those. Right, right. I, we had enough fun doing just time trials on the little, like, you know, John Deere <laughs> tiny little mower at my parents' <laughs> house when I was younger. Imagine yeah. how much fun that would have been. Uh, actually, but, on Laguna. Yeah, the the other ad that I uh, of note was the Genesis new crossover SUV, whatever you want to call it. It's a full size vehicle, uh, you know, riding on a crossover platform. Um, right, but, the GV80. Uh, the GV80, which I the ad itself was lacking. It was uh, convoluted. And didn't really get any point across. It kind of seemed like they were trying to be funny for the sake of being funny, but it wasn't actually funny. And <laughs> it didn't really put the Genesis in a positive light. Like, usually the ad is supposed to make it look good. And obviously the lighting was perfect and, you know, the truck looks great, but it didn't help build its like cachet in any way yeah. for me and that's a shame because it, i think it looks great i think it's a truly good looking vehicle it looks great and if you go on the configurator you have the option for blue or green interior hell yeah exactly it's have you seen the lexus lc 500's blue interior yeah i want it's that the best it's the convertible, right? The LC500 convertible with the blue. It's like a blue and white interior. You can get it on the coupe too. Oh, it's so good. Oh, it's the best. But yeah, All so. Right, I'll, I'll try to find a, a press image to add that to the show post. <laughs> yeah, post it just with the abbreviate, like the heading. You're going to want this. You don't know you want this yet, <laughs> but you're going to. Just like the fucking Gladiator Rubicon. <laughs> oh god dude every time i see one it's like I, I was behind just a base sport model today and it doesn't it doesn't really do much on the stock tires but i was on the internet and you can put 33s on the stock wheels 
on a base like Sport or Sport S, and it looks great. And then the Gladiator Rubicon looks greater. It's like, <laughs> oh, God, I can't afford a even a $35,000 Jeep pickup. Why do I want the yeah. one that's 65? No, I absolutely, I get it. And so we, I'm going to go into my update now of okay. the Land Cruiser because I'm, I'm, I really enjoy the vehicle. I like having it, but sometimes little stuff pops up and I can fix mm-hmm. it. And sometimes little stuff pops up and I'm like, what the hell is going on? So okay. I fixed the taillight before with the new wiring harness over, uh, over the weekend. It was like 50 and 60 degrees here. So I actually, uh, I've been, I've had the pieces to do the window weather strips where as the window rolls up and down, these are the weather strips that like push against it. Right. They pinch um, against the window itself. Yeah. And so it was, I hadn't done it previously because there was a plastic piece that hides, uh, where the screws are to hold the mirror to the door. And so I didn't want to break that plastic piece in 30 degree weather. So I waited, it got warm enough, got those off. No big deal. Replaced the weather stripping. I was like, sweet. I felt great. And then literally that night we ran to the grocery store. I was like, why aren't my instruments lit up right now? (laughs) And allegedly, I'm adding allegedly because I was still driving the truck. The taillights were all out. The the rear Hmm. side markers and the taillights all out. Hmm. If you press the brake pedal, brake lights turn on. If you use your turn signal, turn signals turn on. If you put the truck in reverse, reverse lights turn on. But for whatever reason, the taillights are now... With the headlights on, the taillights just don't want to come on. Interesting. Very so headlights off, brake lights still work just fine. Hmm. So as long as I don't drive at night right now, I'm pretty much okay in it. Oh, but. That's the easiest thing to do, being that it's the dead of winter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, huh. I'm pretty fortunate that my, my job, I'm pretty close to sunrise sunset right now for us. Yeah. I'm a little further south yeah. than you, so... That's true. Okay, fair enough. That's true. That's an interesting issue, though. I, I I don't know enough about electricals and, you know, wiring to even tell you where to start. Yeah, and so I, I sent a text. Out. I, 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 sometimes I, I, I feel uh, reticent about always bugging my neighbor that I go to because he has so much knowledge, but at the same time, like... Okay. So, I, but I feel bad about always bugging Mark about, hey, man, the truck's broke again, like what do you think it is or and he has such a vast amount of knowledge generally he can tell me or but tonight on the taillight one he's like man i don't know we got to look that one up oof but it Hmm. it it just brings me back to this point of i like it it's a family truck i'd like to keep it but at the same time it's kind of a pain in the ass projects always are one thing leads to another because it's not even when they're, you know, you can start on suspension and find out that you have something deeper in your suspension that needs addressing, but it's when something totally unrelated happens after you solve something that you just want to bash your head into the wall. Yeah, this was just, it just, when I get it fixed, I'm like, sweet, I love it again. But like when it breaks... Mm-hmm. my I just I don't want to look at it like I pulled the the taillight fuse that fuse checks out like yeah it's just yeah we have some things that we need to address on Sarah's forerunner and the Land Cruiser but right again 
time and money. Of course. I don't want to pay course. thousands of dollars to shops to get this stuff done when I can do it myself. Right. Right. Well, if you ever do hit wit's end with the Land Cruiser and nobody else has it, I will take a first right of refusal on buying it. So <laughs> let that be publicly yeah. announced. <laughs> yeah. Sam well, you, is not going to be happy when I tell her about this. <laughs> you're, you're definitely behind the uncle and cousin that I got it from. So fair enough. That is that, fair that, enough. That was a big stipulation on when I got it. So. All right. Well, can't argue that. I mean, maybe it, the taillights could be something easy. It could be just a relay, maybe something wiggled loose. That's that's what I'm hoping. It'd be the easy way, wouldn't it? Yeah. So, well, at least you fixed the weather stripping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the window now goes up and down without me being frustrated, so. Right. Eh. Convenience factor. So I'll just hit my four-wheel drive updates real quick. The quad needed a bit of attention, the Scrambler, prior to its first ride, which potentially might happen this Saturday if it doesn't end up being a washout like uh, every weekend since I've bought it. <laughs> the weather here has just been... It's not that it's terribly cold. It's just it rains every single day. And every single weekend it rains. So haven't even had a chance to get it out on the trail yet. But it got new master brake cylinder for the rear. It got new pads, uh, new tie rod ends, and, like, you know, the pop rivets to hold the fenders on. So I did have a shop do it. I basically dumped it at their facility and said, listen, I bought this. I can do most of this on my own, but I don't have the time. And I don't have a garage at the moment, so have at it. Let me know what it needs. And it needed a few things. They were addressed. And that's it. Now it's back in my possession, uh, resting peacefully near my dad and brother's side-by-sides. And I am hoping to ride it for real for the first time this weekend. Yeah, based on uh, current weather patterns, I think you might be in trouble because we're getting rain and snow here right now. So, like, three days from now, doesn't that mean rain and snow for you? Yeah, it does. <laughs> I, th I checked the weather today, and it's supposed to snow and sleet on Friday night, which isn't really good for riding on Saturday. Not so much for the trails as it is, you know, you go up into the hills and just driving the truck. Even with trailer brakes, you don't want to take too much of a chance you know, especially being that it's still early February and we're not even in riding season. But I don't know. I, it's supposed to rain every day from Monday through the following Sunday. Okay. Beautiful New England weather. <laughs> yeah. We had about, I think it was like six or seven days in a row where it was just absolutely cloudy. Mm -hmm. And then last Friday, Saturday, no, I'm sorry, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, it was sunny and like 50 or 60 every day. Oh, it's the best. And then Tuesday immediately went straight back to 30 and cloudy. <laughs> oh, and that's like, the rest of our week now. You feel like you're finally going to get a break from it, and then it just comes back and it feels twice as bad. It's like you never left. Yeah, Super Bowl Sunday, I think uh, the temperature here was within five degrees of the temperature in Miami. Oh, God. Like it, was, it was really nice. I drove home through the snow after the Super Bowl. Yeah, that sounds more accurate to what we normally have. Yeah, it was wild. 
It's like, oh, it rained and then it snowed like crazy. And then I woke up in the morning and all of the moisture that was on the car from 10 feet away that looked like rain that had just been sitting on it overnight was about a tenth of an inch of ice, which nice. was real fun. Real fun. This is nice. Oh, God. I'm over it. I'm over it. Yep. So let's hit your off-road hack, which is a fantastic yeah. one. Well, yeah, this one's more like tip, tip this week as opposed to hack. It's a tip. Just because, um, and I don't, I learned this very early on with, uh, I think I learned it a lot with um, driving tractors as a kid. Uh, my grandfather had a big old Massey Ferguson. And uh, when you would drive around and you would not want to hook your thumbs inside the steering wheel as you wrapped your hand around the steering wheel because if those front wheels caught a rut or caught an edge Rock. and the wheel would jerk to the ground, the steering wheel jerks in your hand. You, you don't have enough strength to overpower nature like that. Mm -hmm. So keeping your thumbs outside of the steering wheel, you can still grip the wheel uh, very well with your other four fingers, but not having your thumbs nearby. So when that wheel whips around on a rut, the cross members, for lack of a better phrase, of the steering wheel don't then crack the crap out of your thumbs and break your thumbs. <laughs> what a terrible feeling. Oh God, it's so bad. Yeah, I, I've had the wheel jerk out of my hands enough time to know that, yeah, I don't have the reflexes to stop that. No, 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 not the reflexes, not the strength, but we have it too up here. It's the rocks. The rocks will get you, you know, and on a vehicle without power steering, the kickback, if you hit a rock bed, just snaps the wheel the opposite way. And if you're clawing around the rim of the wheel with your thumbs locked to the inside, the spokes of the steering wheel just just break your thumbs right there. Yeah, you're done. <laughs> yep. So. so that's our tip this week. Just don't wrap your thumb all the way around. Keep it kind of around the outside edge. Use your other fingers to maintain the control of the steering wheel, especially when you're in an off-road situation. Mm -hmm. um, it's a great tip. It's a great tip. It's a You could really end up with a pretty good hand injury if, you, if you're holding it like it's a, uh, I don't even know. Like, yeah, it's just like, what do you hold like this? What do you? Shake weights. Shake. <laughs> You're welcome. Okay. And on that visual imagery here. There goes our family friendly rating. <laughs> Not your F-bomb earlier. That's what did it. That's what did it. That was, yeah. Sorry for all of the small children that might be listening. Dude, there's a lot of people that feel the same way about gladiators. Seriously. Oh, all right. So wrap, wrapping up here, do us a favor. You can rate and review us on iTunes. That would be amazing. We don't rank yet for anything. Uh, but there now are officially hundreds of you that are listening. So, um, yeah, we got some, some analytic data, and there are actual hundreds. Yeah. Um, so do us a favor. Um, that way there can be more hundreds. More hundreds. More tens. Yeah. More, I mean, technically more tens, too. Yep. So read what we write on Hooniverse, Hooniverse.com, uh, Hooniverse's uh, Instagram and Twitter. It's the Hooniverse, and then Instagram is the real Hooniverse because obviously someone was a tool. And Jeff's not going to spend extra money for something that it's oh. just Instagram. <laughs> nah, nah, not worth the battle. Nope. You can uh, follow us on Instagram. I'm, for me, I'm on Instagram and Twitter. I'm at Overlanding Dad. 
I'm only on Instagram and probably going to stay that way at no, not like the one from friends. Still a solid name. Uh, and then you can follow the show, the O trap podcast on Twitter or O T R A P podcast. And then at off the road again, podcast on Instagram. And uh, that's it. Yep. We'll see you guys next week. Catch you later.